There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to the fourth installment of the Digital Freemason Podcast for November 14th, 2005. Again, I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my journey through the world of short Masonic educational papers. If you're new to the Digital Freemason, thank you very much for dropping by. If you have been listening before, thank you for your comments, and I look forward to hearing more from you. If you have any other Masonic education which you think might be useful in this podcast, please feel free to email to me. As well, if you have any other ideas, thoughts, or feedback, my email address is podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. I look forward to hearing from you as we journey through the digital library of Masonic education. Today's piece comes from Carl Claudi. Carl was a prolific Masonic writer in the first part of the 20th century, who had a knack for writing in an open and free manner that belayed sometimes complex ideas, usually Masonic in nature, in an easy-to-follow and understand format. I made a point of purchasing a series of books which dealt with the specifics of each degree. I found the books to be of a great help to me as I progressed through these degrees. Today, a short couple of years after having started my Masonic career, I am still finding nuggets of information that I previously missed, or, due to the point of my journey, had not the knowledge to fully comprehend what his intent was. But hey, you didn't drop by to hear me blather on, so let's get the show underway. This piece from Claudia is titled, Why Men Love Freemasonry, and it was written in 1925. The question, why do men wish to become Freemasons, is really of little importance. But the subsequent query, why do Freemasons remain such? Why do Freemasons love Freemasonry is of such great and far-reaching importance that almost every Masonic writer and philosopher has tried to answer it, a perfectly normal procedure, as there appears to be almost as many reasons as there are men to give them. No answer which seems adequately to cover the whole question has yet been formulated. Although the reasons given are very numerous, they fall naturally into certain broad classes. We are told that men love Freemasonry because it teaches the, the brotherhood of man, and that man is hungry for fraternity. There is none to question the truth of this statement, yet it seems to lack much of the adequate explanation for the love of the order which we find everywhere. Freemasonry is not the only organization which teaches the brotherhood of man. There are many fraternal orders, the teachings of which are found wholly or in part upon this basis. All churches teach the fatherhood of God and, either directly or by implication, the brotherhood of man. Freemason, Freemasonry's hold upon the members is one f from some quality she possesses or services she renders, which many men do not easily find elsewhere. As, as brotherhood and its teachings can be found in many other orders, it seems inadequate as an explanation of Freemason's devotion to the craft. We are told that the hold which Freemasonry has upon its men comes from the sense of the mystic, which is common to all men. That is, the search for that which was lost is intriguing and to the detective instinct in all of us. That from the dawn of history the hunt has been a passion of man. The man hunts, the beast hunts, the food hunt, the hunt for gold, for power, for truth, for discovery, and that to seek is implanted in our blood. Therefore, argue the philosophers, Freemasonry's hold upon her initiates is due to her holding ever before them an endless search after an unknown something of value, which was once possessed and has now passed beyond mortal ken. But Freemasonry is but one of many activities 
in which man can search. The most ardent Freemason is no more energetic in his search for that which was lost than is a churchman for that peace of God which passeth understanding. The most ardent Freemason is no more anxious to find the lost word than a physician is to discover a cure for cancer, the remedy for old age, the fountain of youth. The most ardent Freemason is no more adored for his quest than a scientist is in the laboratory, the businessman after material success, and the pleasure hunter after joy. Freemasonry is but one of many activities in which the hunter may find an elusive quarry. Inasmuch as it requires some philosophic preparation and some background of Masonic knowledge really to engage in such a quest, it may well be doubted if this reason is one which affects the majority of those who love the order. We are told that it is a pleasure, being one of an old, old line of brethren, that men take joy from their lodge in the knowledge that they are brotherly kin to kings of an olden time, to workers of a day gone by, aye, even to the Solomon and the three grand masters. Undoubtedly there is great pleasure to be had from this sense of belonging, as it were, a real kin with the departed of our times. To be a lodge brother with Washington or Lafayette must be a great thrill to any American patriot. To feel that we have an unbroken descent from our forebears of the Goose and Gridian Tavern of 1717 gives us a sense of stability which is most pleasurable. As we go farther back in time, while the record gets increasingly scarce and difficult to read, and becomes less and less documentary and more and more legendary, still there is no doubt whatsoever that Freemasonry does remain, to this day, the repository of symbols and the teachings of ancient societies, which may as well be as old as Solomon, or even older. Of course, no well-read Mason today believes that the ritual of the building of the temple and the organization is to be taken literally. To the informed, it gains rather than loses from its symbolic character. But there are thousands of earnest Freemasons who know nothing of the real history of our order, who devoutly believe that the first Grand Lodge was presided over by Solomon, King of Israel, that Hiram, King of Tyre, was another Grand Master, and that a third was the original of our Pillar of Beauty. To them, undoubtedly, the sense of kinship with the very ancient is a strong bond, nonetheless strong that it is founded on a misconception. But a man need not embrace Freemasonry to be akin with what is old. The, church, the churches have much more traceable history than Freemasonry does. So has science. Mathematics was old when Hero of Alexandria and Euclid lived and wrote. The geologists can make anything human seem as of yesterday, allowing full value for the pull which her antiquity makes upon our hearts of her sons. Freemasonry must search further and dig deeper to find the reason which holds so many, many men to her banners and makes their love for her something beyond their own explaining. There are numerous, lighter, more personal reasons why men love their Masonic lodges. Some because it's a gathering place of good fellows. Some because they find it helpful socially or in a business way to belong. Others because it provides an outlet for a man's love of ceremony. Still others, because it gives entertainment, pic picnics, ladies' nights, and free food. Many love Freemasonry as they love a dozen other fraternal orders, because it gives them a chance to dress up, to wear a sword, to win a title, to be invested with a show of authority. To many men, Freemasonry is the antidote to an inferiority complex. But no such reason made George Washington love the gentle craft, or caused sturdy old Ben Franklin to devote his time and talents to being the Grand Master in Pennsylvania. And no such reason actuates the larger proportion of the membership. 
the reason which binds in, in a common love the man in Cal Calcutta with the man in London, the man in Hong Kong, the man in Boston, and the man in Cologne or Madrid must be something much more fundamental than any of these. This writer has been 18 years a Freemason and has written several books dealing with Masonic subjects, has been and is now the wielder of a couple Masonic editorial blue pencils, and has read a reasonable amount of Masonic literature in the pleasant task of endeavoring to supplant an abysmal ignorance by a small amount of knowledge. These facts are mentioned with no idea that they provide him with the right to speak with authority, but to serve as a background against which he may set forth some conclusions regarding the real, inner reason why Freemasons love Freemasonry, with a love which may be the amazement of the profane world for generations to come. The most profound fact which any mind can know is God. It is necessary that the reader accept this statement as a fact. For the time being, regardless of their personal convictions, if this argument is to be developed in its conclusion, it has to be said that man is incurably religious, a statement which puts a truth in a manner of ambiguous language, since few men can agree on what religion is. It might be less confusing if it were to be said that man is incurable in his longing for God. This is true of all men, the atheist and the non-believer, the criminal and the light-minded, the sinful and the lawbreaker. We are all inc incurable in that inner longing for God. Many of them don't know it, but many of them have to be proved this in moments of stress or danger. The most determined of atheists will pray on his knees if his firstborn is dying before his eyes. The most hardened criminal, criminal goes to his execution with his eyes asking comfort from the spiritual comforter whose hard duty it is to try and help him out of this life or into whatever. The vast majority of men are neither atheists, non-believers, criminals, light-minded, sinful, or lawbreakers. The vast majority of men are honest, truthful, law-abiding, hard-working, good citizens. Even those who embrace no creed, go to no church, read no religious books, and want God. It is natural for a man to want kinship with God in his life, as it is for him to want air, food, love, or children. He cannot help it. His whole racial history commands it. His very nature demands it. Where does a man find God? Everywhere. To some he is in nature. To some he is in a church. Others look for him in the Bible or the holy books of their other faiths. Some seek him in a laboratory and some even through a telescope. Some find him in the stars and others in the microbe. The common everyday man finds him in humanity, in charity, relief, pity, mercy, hospitals, and the Red Cross. One touch of nature makes the whole world kin, is really, one touch of God makes the whole world kin. The earthquake in Tokyo, which called so many, so many dollars instantly from the Americans, the starving children in the Near East, who lived because of a pity of Americans, were examples of a touch of God, which makes us all one family. The Masonic Lodge, in particular, and the fraternity in general, is built upon the idea of, and erected to, God. Not any particular God. Not a God of the Christian, or of the Hindu, the Jew, or the Parsi, but just the idea of a deity. There is no forcing God on a Freemason. So, so be it that he believes in a deity. He can erect his image as he pleases. A God with a white beard and a host of heart-playing angels, a great first cause, or any in-between conception, pleases all. Freemasonry teaches no creed, dogma, or theory of religion. She protests no special message to be given by God in an olden time, nor claims to be the personal messenger of heaven. 
She offers no facts, which must be taken on faith, because her masters or wardens are divinely appointed to be the viceroys of God on earth. But she does surround her sons with symbols, each one of them which cries out, God. Everywhere in the lodge is a reminder of the great architect. Lodges are erected to God. Initiates kneel to God, on the holy altar of his word. Once a Freemason must pray for himself, there are threes throughout the lodge, three officers, three steps, three pillars, three men met a seafaring man, three gates, three degrees, and three obligations. Three is everywhere. And three is the number which denotes the triangle. And since the dawn of time, the triangle has been a symbol of deity. Nothing is done in Masonic Lodge which is not reverent. Nothing is taught there which is otherwise anything other than reverent. Every symbol is Freemasonry tells of God, or some quality in man which should be God-like. But God is not preached in the Lodge. Freemasonry does not dogmatize about God. She provides the framework, and, he free, and the Freemason fills it in to suit himself. She gives the symbols, and the Freemason interprets them for himself. According to his wit, according to his ability, according to his vision and knowledge, does the Freemason read from the Freemasonry symbols what truths of God he can assimilate? This, is, so it seems to the writer, is the real answer to the question, why do Freemasons love Freemasonry? Freemasonry leads her sons to tell themselves about God. It is not difficult to be told about God. There are many churches, many faiths, and many religions. In all of them, the devout are told of God by learned ministers and teachers who have spent their lives in the work. To a great many people, this is entirely sufficient. But to some, it is not quite complete satisfaction of their heart hunger, which is deep in mankind. A very large number of consistent church attendants and church members are also interested in enthusiastic Freemasons. For it appears that there are some truths about God which no man may teach another, not though his learning is great and his faith strong, his willingness to serve most brotherly, and his abilities of the highest. Apparently, God has implanted within the deeps of human nature, as we are only beginning to suspect how very deep these depths may be, not only a hunger to know of him, but an ability to satisfy that hunger through drafts from the well of the inner consciousness. Freemasonry makes it easier for man to call up from his natural depths, which he knows. Freemasonry makes it possible for him to draw on above a level of consciousness those faiths and those facts which racial memories have implanted for those uncounted generations. Freemasonry teaches in symbols. Symbols are words in a universal language, which all men understand partially and no man understands wholly. The teaching and the preaching of God, which comes to us in Bible and book in a church and school, through creed and faith, is supplemented and made clearer by what we teach ourselves from the symbols of Freemasonry. Freemasonry forces nothing. There is no force used in the lodge. It is all a gentle leading. We may follow as fast and as far, and as little and as slowly as we would like. Symbols are there. They speak with whispers or in a voice of thunder, according to our wit, our knowledge, and our willingness. But they never thunder when we wish a whisper or speak softly and low when we want the crashing force of the great fact in our ears. The symbols of Freemasonry are all things to all men, great for the great-hearted, deep for the wise, easy for the simple, stern for the strong, and gentle for the weak. Each man may read them as he will. You can read them only in successive steps towards God. Freemasonry leads rather than teaches. She persuades men to teach themselves rather than to accept the wisdom of other men. There are reasons which make up the reason why Freemasons, the world over, be their country, their color, their faith, their politics, 
or their church affiliations, why they may love Freemasonry. Men love Freemasonry because she leads her son to teach themselves those truths of deity which a man may only tell himself. Thanks for listening to The Digital Freemason. I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our time together. If you'd like a transcript of this podcast, please visit our website at www.kinggeorgelodge.com. If you have any comments or ideas for further podcasts, please feel free to email me at podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. Until next week, take care, and be sure to think about what it is that you love about Freemasonry.